Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We would love to connect with you today for listening to our podcast. Please fill out a connect card on our website at c3naz.net. You can also support the ministries of Cross Community by giving online on our website. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. Well, today as we uh, we enter this, we're, we're getting close to entering the new year. Amen. And uh, how many are ready for the new year? Come on. Oh, man, we're in trouble. There's not enough people ready for it. Uh, memorial places, objects, and events are very important to us, aren't they? I mean, you can probably think of some memorials. You can think of some places that you go, and it reminds you of things. Throughout human history, uh, we have... Memorials, and I hope I'm not in that dead spot. Maybe I should move over this way a little bit. Um, uh, we did a, we had a wedding in here, a beautiful wedding, uh, um, Saturday. I, oh no, um, what day was I'm, I've lost track of my time. Um, Thursday, that's what it was, I'm sorry. Uh, a beautiful wedding, and uh, there was a spot in here that I kept getting lost, uh, with the mic here, but uh, anyway, throughout human history, we have used uh, memorials to remind us of things uh, about maybe a place or an event uh, or just a moment in history. You know some uh, some of these. We we use these again to remember. I want to show you some examples of these places. You're going to know these, I think, when you see them. Uh, there's places, objects, even events which may cause us to remember. This first one is the Liberty Bell. Where is the Liberty Bell at? Anybody know? Oh, man, see, you all know. Um, and I know you've probably, most of you probably have been there and you've seen it. You know, it, it's an object, isn't it? I mean, it, but it embodies um, the spirit of liberty, doesn't it? And freedom for all. I mean, something that's really been talked a lot about lately, right? We've been hearing a lot about freedom and liberty for all. But this Liberty Bell, when we look at it, it makes us remember. That's how our country was founded, right? On, on those principles of liberty and freedom. How about uh, Arlington National Cemetery? The next, the next one there. How about that? Have you been there? It's a place of peace, isn't it? In fact, um, the peace for it's peace for those who perhaps died without ever knowing that peace or seeing it happen. The thing they died for, they didn't get to see it. It is a very sobering place, isn't it? Amen. Wow. Every time I go to a, a national cemetery, whether it's Fort Custer or wherever. I'm reminded of those who fought for peace. And now they are in a place, uh, their bodies are of peace. 
The next one here you'll be familiar with, I think. You, at least you've seen it. Martin Luther King Memorial. I tell you, a memorial to remember people who dare to dream about equality and brotherly love. Wow. The things we remember from these memorials are very important. The next one is um, the USS Arizona. And I finally got to go visit that after I don't know how many years I've been wanting to go. How many people have been to see the Arizona? Actually, physically. Okay, there's some in here. You know, it's, it's a memorial to remember the greatest generation who was called to give the greatest sacrifice. Amen? Wow. USS Arizona. You see, memorials are important. They are a reminder. It's almost like a sticky note, if you will. They help us to not forget. And I have a memorial of my own that helps me remember. You're looking at it up here on this table. And also, I think it should be on the next slide there. It's a, yeah, there it is. What is that? That's a Bible, right? A tattered Bible. And I have shared this memorial with a a few of you. Yet most of you in this room looking at that Bible, it's up here and I keep it in this case now. But um, most of you looking at that um, with the covers torn off of it. It may not really mean that much. I mean, in other words, it's a Bible, right? It, it might just, you might think, I just wore it out by reading it, right? By handling it and sharing it with others. But that wouldn't be true. No, not at all. You see, I was presented this Bible on a Sunday morning. Wow, I look pretty good there, don't I? It's kind of a bad picture, but... It was a Sunday morning, November 7th, 1971, along with receiving my very first local minister's license, I got this Bible. It was a a small Baptist church in Wichita Falls, Texas. I can't hardly say that without getting talked like I'm back in Texas, but uh, I was 17 years old. You know, this picture is out of focus. Uh, But you know what? I I was, as I think about it, I found this picture unexpectedly. My mom took this picture. And I didn't know she took any pictures that day. But she did. And uh, I found it in a photo album uh, just before she passed away. uh, Unexpectedly in 2008. Again, the picture itself is blurry, but the Lord's call on my life that day was not blurry at all. Mm-mm. In fact, that call was indelible. I can't get rid of it. <laughs> you see, this Bible looks tattered and torn and worn out because I tried to disown it or even hide it. <laughs> I even tried to throw it away. I don't know how many times. 
over and over. I thought I got rid of it. I thought it was gone. He, he, not even 30 years of traveling in the military, every four years, you know, going to the next duty station. Even that could not get rid of the Bible. I mean, they wouldn't even lose it in shipment. It always showed up. And at some point in a time of rebellion, I, I remember, at uh, some time, in my rebellion and in, in my stubbornness, I even ripped off that beautiful burgundy leather cover that was on it. I took it off. I threw that away. Got rid of it. Finally, that, that, that was gone. I knew God had called me to preach. But I decided to run. Run away from God's call, so I thought I could do. By the way, the, the Bible, with that beautiful burgundy leather cover on it, also had something embossed on the cover with gold lettering. It said, Reverend Ray L. Duck. I got rid of that cover. I got rid of the cover as if it got rid of the call that God had placed on me. Obviously, it didn't work. You see, this Bible is a memorial to help me remember some things. Every time I look at it, I remember some things. That God's call on my life is much more permanent than an imprint on a leather cover. Amen? You see, 32 years later from this picture that was taken, God more fully placed his call on my life. In other words, he said, Ray, it's me again. He more fully placed his call on my life in a desert some 7,500 miles from where this picture was taken. He found me. And folks, this Bible reminds me about the many, many times God protected me as I ran away from the call. He never ran away from me. Never. Memorials are important. They are a reminder. I could speak on and on about memorials. But I came across a profound truth that I want to share with you real quick here concerning the value of memorials. It, it, it came from a commentary, one of the new Beacon Bible commentaries that I use. It says that memorials are designed to help us remember. But their ability to do that depends on the living witness of those who believe in what the memorial stands for. Wow. In other words, the monuments and memorials will stop helping us remember when we stop telling others what they stand for. My memorial will be a reminder to my kids, my grandkids, and even my great-grandkids 
Only if I'm willing to be a living witness to what they stand for. And when I'm gone, its ability to remind others will depend on someone else's willingness to share what it stands for. Amen? You've got memorials, all of you. Everyone in this room. And a memorial of something. Of somewhere. Of some time. Maybe of some kind of rebellion, like me. (laughs) Maybe. Amen? You got them. Today we stand at the threshold of a new year. 2024. And perhaps a new beginning. Likewise, we will be presented, I think, with new opportunities to be a living witness to what the memorials of your life and my life stand for. With this challenge in our minds this morning, I want to briefly explore with you another time and place in the Bible where God's people are in exile, wandering in the desert or in the wilderness, if you will. It's been 40 plus years for the Israelites. They've been in exile that long, in the wilderness, that is. And on top of that, they just came out of 400 plus years of exile in Egypt. So they know what exile is all about. So in many ways, they have been faced with the challenge of raising up generation after generation to remember and not forget their uniqueness as God's called people. Now, I'll go off script for a moment. We have that too, don't we? We have that challenge today. That same challenge of raising up our children this way. To not forget God. And they're here with the, the Israelites, uh, Moses is dead. And God has anointed Joshua to be the new earthly leader for the Israelites. And I see Joshua as a soldier. He is. And God had a reason for choosing him. I know that. He, he's, a, he's a soldier. He's a military leader, which they needed at that moment. Yes, they were stubborn at times, and they did wander in the wilderness for a long time. Yet I think we today can be encouraged how God provided his people with a determination to be a living witness to their young children about Yahweh and his faithfulness. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 3. And if you want to, it will be on the screen as well uh, in the NIV. I'll get to that in just a moment. I. uh, In this chapter. The Israelites are finally ready to enter the promised land. That God gave them. I mean, some six hundred and sixty five years before. Through their ancestor Abraham. That's how long they've been waiting. For this promised land. And they have one obstacle in their way. The Jordan River. And if you look at that slide up there. Woo. 
It's at flood stage at this point. The distance across it varies from anywhere from 50 feet across, right, from one side to the other, to 180 feet. And during this time of season, it's mostly about 12 feet deep. So it's pretty deep. Now Joshua has moved the Ark of the Covenant to the very front of the Israelite column. Joshua, being a soldier now and a military type person, has received his orders from God. From the Lord. And he now gives the final instructions to the people. And I want to begin reading in Joshua chapter 3, verse 10. This is how you will know that the living God is among you, and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Pezzarites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. See, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. You see, he makes it clear that the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord will go ahead of them. In the military, there is a saying wherein one person orders, follow me. And the the others respond with, lead the way. That's a popular saying in the military. I mean, it it, it is used a lot. Thus, I believe Joshua, being a soldier at heart, hears Yahweh say, follow me. And Joshua, in turn, responds with, lead the way. And that's what we see here. Joshua goes on to instruct them to pre-select one man from each tribe, each of the 12 tribes, and have them ready for my orders when I when, I'm, when I need them. Joshua also tells them what God is about to do. And he says, when the priests carry the ark into the water of the Jordan, the water will stop flowing and pile up into a great heap. At just the right moment, the movement order is given and the priests move into the Jordan with the ark. And at the very moment their feet touched the water, the Jordan stopped flowing from upstream and piled up into a heap. In Joshua chapter 3, we read this. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing On the dry ground. Finally, after everyone is crossed over, we read from Joshua chapter 4, beginning in in verse 4. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord, your God, into the middle of the Jordan. Each Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of Israelites, to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. Notice that these stones were meant to be a memorial. 
that would help them face the challenge of raising up generation after generation to remember and not forget their uniqueness as God's people. These same people of God will now be able to look at these 12 stones and be reminded of this day. This moment that the Lord met the needs of his people in this place. When we when they look at these stones, they will remember Joshua's words that he shared with them before they crossed the Jordan. Let's look at those words again in in uh, chapter three, verse 11 It says, see the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. The ark represented God's presence. The ark itself was a memorial because of the articles that were stored in it. The tablets of the Ten Commandments were in there, which which speak to God's desire to have a relationship with his people. Aaron's staff was in that ark, and it would remind them about God's judgment and power. And finally, there is the jar of manna, which reminds the people of God's mercy and his provisions. What about us today? How do we raise up our children, which can remember our uniqueness as faithful Christians? What about them? Perhaps like the Israelites, we need to memorialize those times and moments in our lives where this very same God has gone ahead of us and prepared the way. You know those times. I know you do. You've seen them. You've experienced them. How do we tell our kids that? Think of the times you've faced terrible storms and huge giants. And yet the Holy Spirit led you through them. He went ahead of you. For some of us, our memorial might be an altar. Maybe like these altars here. Where you have left many problems and tears. Just for God to finally show you that he was already at work. He knew what you needed and when you needed it. That's a God who goes ahead of us and prepares the way. Or perhaps it is an old tattered Bible, which represents a time of rebellion, but also God's presence out ahead of me as I struggled to follow his lead. Yet your memorial may simply be A moment of remembering. Remembering the day when you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. And how astonished you were, if you remember that day, to realize that he was looking for you all along. You thought you were looking for him. But you found out, no, he found me. And then you, then just to see How he had moved things around, people around, so that you could come to know him. Before you could ever have known that you needed him, 
He knew he wanted you. Wow. What a God. Memorials are important. They are a reminder. But we must not forget the profound truth that memorials are designed to help us remember. But the ability, their ability to do that depends on the living witness of those who believe in what the memorials stand for. Again, my memorial will be a reminder only if I'm willing to be a living witness to what it stands for. We must point the new generation to our memorials, whatever they are, and be a living witness for a God who goes ahead of us. Finally, not only does God go ahead of us, but notice back in Joshua, verse 17, chapter 3, the priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Every time the Israelites would look at these 12 stones, they would be reminded that God leaves no one behind. No one. It said all Israel passed on dry ground. We read that all of Israel passed until the whole nation crossed over. Folks, our attitude towards the lost today should be like God's attitude. Every person matters. Amen? Every person to the kingdom of God. Even that ornery person that you don't like, that don't want to be saved. Today, you may be wondering why your loved one does not accept your offer of Christ. I know I do. I, I, I wonder about my daughter, my oldest daughter. I know she loves me. She thinks I'm the smartest guy in the world. But she doesn't believe that I'm right. I know I have those moments when I say, Lord, why? Why won't they listen? They know and love me, Lord, but why don't they love you? That doesn't make sense to me. But you see, Scripture stands as a reminder that God is patient. Peter, 2 Peter uh, chapter 3, verse 9 says this, The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, with them, your loved ones, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. God wants to save everybody. I forget that sometimes. Don't you? I forget that God wants to save everyone. So why am I so down about this? I'm not. Because I know he wants to save everybody. But I can't help but wonder at times. Even as I think about my memorial, that, this tattered Bible, I'm reminded that the Lord never left me behind. I may have, in a way, left my call behind. My call to preach in the trash can somewhere. But praise God, He never threw me away. 
He never threw my call away. He never left me alone. He kept bothering me. He wants to save everyone. Jesus came to save the world. Again, we must not forget the profound truth, as I've been saying it. I've read it twice. I'm going to read it a third time. Memorials are designed to help us remember. But their ability to do that depends on the living witness of those who believe in what the memorial means. I want my kids to know what this means, and I guarantee you they do. And they'll keep knowing, because I'm going to keep saying it. I said it this past week to our children who are visiting. Again! We must not forget. My memorial will be a reminder only if I am willing to be a living witness to what it stands for. We must point the new generation to our memorials. Whatever they are, you have them. Think, you just got to think about it. You've got them. Then you may be a memorial to them. Your life may be a memorial to them. I want to close with three questions. I only have three for you to think about and respond to. Only two of them are, do I, am I asking for a response. But I'm going to ask all three. Here's the first one. Has God ever shown up in your life when you really needed him? Go ahead and raise your hand if that's true. God, has God ever shown up in your life when you really needed him? Okay. Thank you. I'm not surprised in the answer. Here's the number two. Looking back on your walk with the Lord so far, have the blessings outnumbered the burdens? Raise your hand if, that, if the blessings have outnumbered the burdens. Amen. Amen. Wow. Okay. We're doing good so far. Now, don't get me wrong. There are days when you might question that, right? <laughs> may, may, no, no, maybe. <laughs> Number three, and I don't want an answer for this. You don't have to raise your hand. Are you a living witness about how God always goes before you and never leaves you behind? Are you a living witness of that? Do you believe that? And I'm going to pray now for the answer to that question. I'm going to pray for the Holy Spirit's leading in your life about that answer. For that question, are you being a living witness? Let us pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for this message from you, Lord, to us. A message that reminds us that our lives are really our witness. Our testimony is our life. Lord, I, Holy Spirit, I I would ask that you would right now look into each one of us. Definitely look into me, Holy Spirit, and see if there's anything in me that would be causing me to not be a living witness 
to my kids, to my neighbors, to my friends, to my wife, to my husband, whichever it is, if you're a man, a woman, Lord, look inside me. Holy Spirit, look inside and help me deal with that. Help me get over that so I can be a living witness for you. I ask for this, Lord, for everyone in this room and online. We need to be that living witness for you. We know you've gone before us. You have never left us behind. There is no one in this room that could possibly really know or say that because you don't do that. I'd ask all this, Lord, in your holy, 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 as we were singing earlier, your holy name. Amen. Well, if you would all stand, I'm going to offer you a pastoral blessing. Um, You know, with the Holy Spirit leading us, I say go, knowing God goes ahead of you. Be comforted by that. Go and share the stories behind those memorials in your life, realizing that God leaves nobody behind. And go telling others that God is patient. He wants to save the world. Amen. Just tell them that. Show them that. Go. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week.